I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. It is great to be with you, and we're going to begin this segment with what I think is one of the greatest pieces of sound to ever come out of the hollowed halls of the United States Senate Judiciary Committee. Mike, Mike Lee doesn't drink, but I'd buy him whiskey right now if he did, uh, because there are a whole bunch of things we've argued about for a long time, and he's right about things that I think ought not be right. All right. That is uh, United States Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska uh, in a hearing back in December uh, talking about the FISA courts, and uh, uh, we want to welcome to the program the guy who would be the recipient of that whiskey, Utah Senator Mike Lee. Senator, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much, Boyd, and thanks for sharing that sound clip. It's <laughs> one of my favorites. Uh, if I had to come up with a greatest hits album, that would definitely be on it. <laughs> I think it was should... rewarding after arguing with Ben Sass about this for five or six years to have him finally acknowledge that I was right. <laughs> I think you should make it your ringtone would be uh, appropriate. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. I'm, I'll get right on that. Uh, well, let, I, I want to talk about this because it's come up in the news uh, late last week. Um, obviously, the fight against terrorism uh, is is always an important thing. And, and the, it seems like we always end up in these interesting arguments about government power and the rights and liberties of Americans. We're seeing that even in the coronavirus of if we just abdicate everything to the government, uh, our liberties are going to suffer because of that. Uh, For our listeners who haven't been following this closely, uh, Senator, first just give us a quick snippet on what is this thing we call the FISA court and why does it matter? Congress enacted the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act about 40 years ago. And as the name suggests, its whole purpose is to gather foreign intelligence, to combat foreign spies, those who would harm us either through a foreign power as such, or in some cases through independent terrorist sponsors. But the point of it is that it's not supposed to focus on tracking down U.S. citizens. It's geared toward foreign intelligence surveillance and gathering. The problem that we've had is that over the last 20 years or so, it's, um, it's gotten kind of loose in its application. At times, the law has been modified so as to make it easier for government agents to utilize it, even with respect to United States citizens. Uh, some, of that, some of that has been 
an obvious glaring opportunity for abuse. I've seen it coming for years. Finally, we saw it in a very publicly dis- displayed way when we saw that President Trump himself became the target of this right. type of spying, even though he's not an agent of a foreign power. So what, what we have now are, are three provisions of FISA, not the whole thing, but there are three distinct provisions of FISA that expired on March 15th. The intel agencies within the federal government are trying to get those reauthorized. I'm insisting that we reauthorize those only with some additional amendments, some protections built in to make sure that these aren't abused further. And we've seen further evidence just in the last few days of their ongoing abuse uh, with the latest report issued by the inspector general. So with the inspector general report, uh, again, this was stunning to me. You, you talk about those abuses or even just mistakes uh, where you can target U.S. citizens in particular. Uh, the IG report uh, polled randomly 29 cases, and they reported late last week that in all 29 of those cases that they reviewed to make sure that the right processes and procedures were fi- filed, uh, it was 100% failure rate. <laughs> in, in all 29, there was either a mistake or an overreach uh, of some sort. And so clearly, uh, we, we've got to make some tweaks to the FISA system. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we've got two phases of uh, reports from the Inspector General, Mr. Horowitz. One was back in December, uh, uh, where uh, Horowitz's report on the crossfire hurricane operation proved what many of us have been saying for years, that is that there's a lot of potential for abuse here, and and Horowitz found evidence that the process was abused to target Trump's campaign. But then this last week, uh, Horowitz sent a, a management advisory memorandum to FBI Director Ray uh, detailing how the FBI isn't even following its own internal procedures, known as the Woods procedures, with respect to FISA applications for the surveillance of U.S. citizens. These Woods procedures, by the way, are are the things that they always refer to when in a hearing, whether classified or on the record, somebody asks a question about the potential for abuse. And they'll say, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it, because the Woods procedures tell us we can't do that. My response to them has always been, well, given that you have almost no transparency, no real oversight, we can't just take your word for it that you're following the so-called Woods procedures. Well, this report that came out last week, this this, – Horowitz memorandum to FBI Director Ray surveilled or, 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 or sampled 29 applications from eight different FBI, FBI field offices from across the, 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 the entire nation. And the, the IG's team concluded that uh, they weren't following the Woods procedures at all. In fact, uh, of the 29 files that they sampled, the Woods files, the Wood procedure files, completely missing in four out of those 29, wow. leaving only 25 out of 29 that could be evaluated. And in the other 25 applications, those that actually did exist and hadn't disappeared or been shredded or burned or uh, taken by aliens or eaten by a dog or whatever their excuse is, they, those 25 remaining applications had an average of 20 errors discovered per application. Wow! I mean, there's just rampant abuse with thing, this thing. They're not following them. And that's one of the reasons why we we can't trust the government uh, and, and simply take its word for it anymore that it's not using the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act uh, to spy on U.S. citizens in violation of 
the letter and the spirit of the Fourth Amendment. Yeah, it's so, so important. If the government can spy on you, lie to you, and target you, uh, that's that is not the making of a of a robust democracy republic uh, or a free society <laughs> free society to be sure. Uh, if you just joined us, we've got Senator Mike Lee on the line. We're talking about the FISA court uh, and what's going on there. And Senator, I know you've been uh, at this since you walked onto the floor of the United States Senate in 2011. Uh, just a, a minute left. Uh, give us a, a quick snapshot of what do you hope uh, happens? Obviously, everything's a little bit up in the air now as uh, you're not in session. Uh, but what do you hope comes next in terms of this conversation? This is one I think needs to be done in front of the American people. Yes, it does. And fortunately, there is uh, a set of solutions for it. I've teamed up for years with my friend and colleague, Senator Pat Leahy from Vermont. Uh, Pat Leahy is a liberal Democrat from Vermont. He and I don't agree on everything, but we agree on a lot of issues, surprisingly, including issues related to the Fourth Amendment, to civil liberties, criminal justice reform. He and I teamed up in 2015 and enacted the USA Freedom Act, which uh, uh, really helped uh, make things less bad in this area in 20, 2015. But we've got a new amendment that we're pushing that would partially address these abuses uncovered by I.G. Horowitz's recent memo uh, by putting into the law a requirement that the FBI would have to provide all material evidence to the FISA court, including exculpatory evidence, meaning evidence that cuts against the government. And, and it also would make critical reforms to the participation of a lawyer known as an amicus curiae or a friend of the court. Uh, this amicus curiae is especially important in these proceedings. We call them ex parte proceedings where uh, the person being investigated doesn't have a lawyer because they're secret. Right. We believe there should at least be a, another lawyer in the room who's able to say, hey, um, the law doesn't allow you to do that, or uh, I think your case might be deficient, so that the judges on the FISA court at least have an opportunity to make the right decision. We should be able to go further than that, but we think our amendment goes a long way toward fixing this problem. That's fantastic. And as we always like to say around here, Mike Mike Lee doesn't drink, but I'd buy him whiskey right now if he did. (laughs) Well, we we know you don't drink whiskey, Senator, but uh, as long as Senator Sass is buying, uh, I'm sure we can get you something good. But we appreciate your efforts on on FISA. It is such an important thing to the country. At least a root beer or a Diet Coke. That sounds great. There we go. All right. Very good. Senator Mike Lee, great to have him on the program today. We're going to go ahead and step aside when we come back. Final segment uh, for your Monday. Uh, We're talking about what happens next and what is it that gives us confidence that the future looks bright. You don't want to miss this. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.